Welcome to Album Clash, the podcast in which we take two albums that share a connection and pit them against each other inside the ring of death. Two albums enter, only one may leave. Metaphorically. This is Album Clash. Hello, this is Album Clash. I'm a scat man. Beep, bop, 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 bop. And I am still Kev. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Not even a titter. Nope. <laughs> Oi. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. If anyone thinks that uh, my vocal intros are irritating and you'd rather me not do them, then uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Trust me, if you if you write in and ask him to stop, he will not stop. In fact, he will double down. Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> All right, okay. So, welcome to the show. We are halfway through our clash between Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer, which I took us through last week, and the album that Kevin will take us through this week, which is... Um, 2019's Lizzo's Cause I Love You. Yep. Okay. Uh, so just to remind everyone, Kev, what it is that connects these two albums, please. So the connection between these two albums, as we said uh, last week, the two confident black women with a positive, um, empowering message, both have worked and are heavily influenced by Prince, and they've they've also worked well performed together anyway. The at Coachella, and there is a liberated um, sexuality to both albums. They're, and yeah, they they are massively positive in different ways about the female experience. Yeah, absolutely. And we had we had a lovely old time going through Dirty Computer last week, and I think we're going to have a lovely old time this week as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Before we get into that, though, it's time for our video killed the radio star. So my choice again this week, slightly less surreal and strange than my last choice. (laughs) So my choice of video this week that I want to give a shout to is uh, from last year, from 2020. It's the video to The Adults Are Talking, which uh, was the opening track from the sixth studio album, The New Abnormal by The Strokes. So it was released as a single, the fourth single from the album in November of 2020 directed by someone that we have talked about before on Album Clash, Roman Coppola. And the Strokes have worked with Roman Coppola loads before, so he's directed loads of their videos, including all of the videos of the singles from their 2001 debut, Is This It? So, Kev, have you had a chance to watch the video to The Adults Are Talking? I have, I have watched the, uh, the video. It's, a, it's an interesting old one, and it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because The Strokes were a band and who were very important to me, uh, certainly in the early the early 2000s, and I kind of lost track of their work. And I, 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 I enjoyed the song. And it, yeah, it's, it's a visually interesting video. It is. So before I go into the video, I mean, you said you enjoyed the song. Like, from the opening bars, it is unmistakably the strokes. Oh, God, yeah. It, it, is, it is very them. Yeah. So, again, referring back to a previous clash, Unlike the Kings of Leon, the Strokes clearly have never toured with you two because they've retained their original <laughs> sound. <laughs> yeah, they haven't tried to go stadium. <laughs> uh, so I really like the song. 
That's the first thing I'll say. Great song. So the video, uh, anyone that's familiar with it will know, The Strokes versus Robots at Baseball. It starts off, the band are batting, the robots are pitching at them, and the Strokes can't get near a single pitch. Then the robots come in and start knocking everything out of the park. Rain starts falling, rain stops play. And then on resumption of the game, uh, the residual water in the air is affecting the pitcher, the robot pitcher's targeting system. So firstly, and I'm going to, again, our American listeners are going to know about all this, probably. Listeners elsewhere in the world may not do. So the uh, robot hits Julian Casablancas with a pitch, and that gives him an automatic walk to first base. That's the rules of baseball. If you get it with a pitch, so if you watch the Simpsons episode where Homer is in the softball team. Homer at the bat. Homer at the bat, thank you. That The end of that is exactly that. You, you get hit with the ball, you get a hit, you get a walk, okay? So this is important. Julian Casablanca get gets a walk to first base. Then Nikolai Frature steps up to the plate he hits a treble. That means he's hit a he's hit the ball, and it's enough for someone to run between three bases. And that allows Casablancas to run home for a run. And he's cheered home by the Strokes base coach. Did you know who the base coach was, Kev? Was it Beck? It was Beck. I thought it Cameo was. Cameo appearance by Beck. Beck Hansen. Um, why haven't we done a Beck album yet? Note that down. Yeah. <laughs> Also, what I want to say is, I really like the the um, the Strokes uniforms. Oh, they're brilliant! They're aren't really they? nice. They're brilliant. I'd love a Strokes baseball shirt. So, yeah, Casablancas comes home for the run. The band starts celebrating wildly, <laughs> and then you switch to a shot of the scoreboard, uh, and it's in the ninth inning, the final inning of the game. Kev, what's the score on the scoreboard? So it's like 56-1. Yeah, the strokes are down 56-1, to but they celebrate until the sun comes up as if they've won the game. (laughs) It's really funny. It's a great video. Yeah, and don't they have have a little fight at the end as well? Oh, yeah, someone punches someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't understand why. So I like baseball, have done for a long time. I like the strokes, have them for a long time. Good video, good song. Go watch it. We'll tweet the link. Yeah, I, I'm not so so keen on the baseball, but um, yeah, I, I did really enjoy the video. and It's a good song. So yeah, check it out. You like cricket, which is English baseball. Well, yeah, I, I, I suppose it is. But um, cr- cricket's one of those th- like things that, are, that I kind of watch whilst reading the paper. So I'm watching, but I'm not watching until something happens. Like baseball, believe well, me. You know, like, it's <laughs> like I, baseball's never grabbed me. Whereas, you know, Viv Richards knocking it for a six, or Courtney Walsh, uh, or Kirtley Ambrose bowling at ninety miles an hour. I grew up with that. So, I mean, what I would say is that cricket's never been rocked by a steroid scandal. Although, I don't think baseball's ever been rocked by a spot fixing scandal. <laughs> so. Yeah, it also hasn't had a massive controversy about um, rubbing uh, Vaseline into the ball. And I'm not aware of any Major League Baseball stars that decided to do a rogue tour to apartheid South Africa either. <laughs> Indeed. We had to go political at some point. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Fuck you, my gatting. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> All right, shall we? Um, shall we move on to our album of this week? Indeed. So I will be leading us through "Cause I Love You" by Melissa Vivian Jefferson, better known as Lizzo. It's her third studio album. Previously, she'd released both of them have fucking great names. The uh, 2013 Lizzo Bangers. Can I just interject? Has there ever been an album with a better title than Lizzo Bangers? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of one off the top <laughs> of my head because that's a fucking. I mean, it tells you exactly what's on the tin. Exactly. This is Lizzo. There are bangers. Yeah. It's Lizzo Bangers. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it is the no more nails of album titles. <laughs> Surely you mean Ron Seal, Quick Dry and Woodstay? Ah, damn it. (laughs) Same principle. Uh, Again, American listeners, please let us know. Do you have Ron Seal, Quick Dry and Woodstay in your local Walmart or Home Depot? If we get a load of emails about Ron Seal. (laughs) Do you remember um, Cuprinol? With the like the wood, I'm gonna say I was gonna say wood tin man, but that doesn't make any sense. The, there was a fella like it was a, the anthropomorphized uh, wood man. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Cuprinol. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do remember that. I'm sure that was John Gordon Sinclair, like with the voice of that. It wasn't, but it he, he was Scottish, so it might as well have been. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nowhere to go with that. All right, then, then move on. I'd stay in the show, but move on. So I will. I will go on to um, her second album was was called Big Girl, Small World. It was released in 2015, which is also a fucking great title for an album. It is. And this was her um, her debut release on a major label. It was her debut album on a major label. She had released... So it was with Atlantic Records. I yeah, believe. that's what I said. It was her debut release on a major. But she had released an EP on Atlantic, Coconut Oil, in 2016. Okay. So... Um... My, I, 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 I don't want to be that. No, I'm sorry. I do want to be that guy because you are that guy. <laughs> I've known you for over twenty years. I've always been that guy. Fuck off. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a little bit about her background. So after releasing the immensely named Lizzo Bangers, she went on tour in support of Harmar Superstar in uh, 2013, which brought us to the attention of many people, including the Purple One. So in September 2014, she was featured on the song Boy Trouble on Prince and Third, Third Eye Girls' album, which, again, is a fucking great name for an album. Plectrum Electrum. Uh, so, uh, yes, it is. What a name for an album. Can I also... So you said the purple one again. You, you, again, you're not referring to Aki or the Joker. Or uh, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am referring to uh, Prince. And... She uh, she described the experience as uh, surreal, almost like a fairy tale, and something she would never get over. Yeah, I'm not surprised working with a fucking legend. She said she'd worked on "Cause I Love You" for three years prior to its release, and the album was inspired by. She started going to therapy, and you can tell that from the sort of content of the album. It's very personal. It's opening up all kinds of stuff that had had happened to her and had influenced her journey to this point but in a in a Lizzo manner and we will we will go into that and was released on April 19th uh, 2019 on Atlantic Records so there's there's one thing uh, and well it's of some import later on so she studied classical music at the University of Houston 
and she is a classically trained flautist. And that that has some relevance on one of the tracks on this album. Yes, without question. And she became very well known or certainly spread knowledge of her via social media that a dance of her um, twerking whilst whilst flouting, <laughs> floating, playing the flute, basically. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm going to let you flounder there for a minute. Flouting, floating. <laughs> Both fluting. <laughs> yeah, um, went, went viral um, and certainly people who wouldn't necessarily have, would gravitate towards her album. Uh, it brought her a new audience that certainly when uh, when this released, it, it certainly helped beca- helped it to become the album that it became, certainly. So um, she said that she wanted this album to be the one that defined her career. She want, So in an interview, she, she wanted people to look back and say, that shit was just the beginning. And from then on, it was forever lit and she won every award. She said in the Rolling Stone that she um, she also wanted this album to live up to the reputation of her live shows because it had certainly been known that Lizzo live shows were something special, was some were an event because of these viral videos and, and stuff like that. And she was well known to be an excellent live act. Like so, she says herself, "Last summer was transformative for me. The girl you see on stage is now also coming alive in the songs, and this is what she wanted to do with this album." That comes across really strongly, as we'll go into. The, the other thing I wanted to call out, she's been praised for promoting a very body positive attitude and 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 promoting sort of self-love. Again, something I do regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so her backup dancers, the big girls, they're all plus-size dancers. In an interview with the New York Times in 2018, she talked about learning to accept herself for who she is. It's something we spoke about an awful lot on, on last week's show regarding Jeanne Monet. So she said, I had to really look myself in the mirror and say, this is it. This is the person I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And it's not going to change. I think when you face yourself, it's really hard because you're immediately facing the things you don't like. On the same subject, uh, in an interview with The Guardian, again in 2018, she said that it's unfair to assume that people know how to love themselves talking about advertisements and corporations, she said that they've spent decades telling people they weren't good enough and selling them an idea of beauty. All of a sudden, you're selling them self-love. People don't know how to love themselves because they were trying to look like the motherfucker you were selling them. Again, as we'll start going through, those themes come across really strongly in this album, and those are things that need to be said. Yeah, and I suppose... That beautifully leads us nicely into into discussing the cover of the album, which can only really be... Well, it is just a nude photo of Lizzo sat down um, on the front and is is a challenge to the standard depiction of women in music. So I'm thinking of not only the overtly sexualized, so Roxy Music style covers... Well, but, the, the Strokes. We talked about the yeah, Strokes, yeah. but you look the cover of This Is It. Yeah. And she's got a proper, like, sort of defiant, defiant look on her face. Jail Goldfine in Paper Mag said, "Fat and especially fat and black bodies are rarely treated with such care by photographers, let alone on an, on album covers, uh, which will be on um, Target and Walmart shelves." Yeah, 
really good way of saying it. So she is not entirely naked. Technically. On the cover. So she the only thing she is wearing is a 42-inch black wig made by stylist Kendall Dorsey, who said the shoot was really about her exposing herself as a woman, just being fearless, free, and confident. We landed on creating something that would make her feel like she still had something on, so the hair eventually became the garment. It's empowering. It's striking. It's really, really positive. Love it. Yeah, it's it is defiantly her, and it sets the it sets the tone and the theme for for the album to come. Really. Yep, it does indeed. Uh, so, before we start going through it. Uh, shall we talk about how we each discovered it? So, um, so as I am leading, um, Tim, how did you discover this? Uh, first listen for me, this. As I said a couple of weeks ago when you introduced this clash, I- I'm a lot less familiar with this album uh, than I am with Dirty Computer. I had heard, certainly I heard Juice, I heard Tempo, which are the, the, the main singles from the album. Uh, so I wasn't entirely unfamiliar with with Lizzo's work before you suggested the class, but yeah, first lesson for me on this. How about you? Um, so I became aware of it through um, my partner who had extolled the virtues of Lizzo and said, this is really good. You re- you'll really like it. Honestly, listen to it. And I resisted those entreaties for a little while and said, yeah, I'll get around to listening to it. And when I eventually did, I went, oh my God, well... I won't go into too much detail, but oh my God, yes, yes, very much, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's something that's going to come across on the the last track. On the- <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, just to be clear to the listeners, we are going to go through the uh, original release and not the deluxe edition that came out. Well, not long after, actually, but anyway. Yeah, which- which I, I understand, like, we did have a debate about whether to do the deluxe edition because, like, the additional songs are absolute bangers. But we we decided not to do that because keeping with the fidelity of previous clashes, the, we do the original release rather than any additional releases. We do. So just before we, we start going through the album, I, th- I think it's worth pointing out, as we did with Janelle Monet last week, that... Uh, Lizzo is a strong advocate of the LGBTQ plus community. In an interview with Teen Vogue in 2018, she said that when it comes to sexuality or gender, I personally don't ascribe to just one thing. I cannot sit here right now and tell you I'm just one thing. That's why the LGBTQ plus colors are a rainbow, because there's a spectrum. And right now we try to keep it black and white. That's just not working for me. I mean, that's fucking sound, that. Like, yeah, just, yeah fair, it's fair Good honor. Exactly. Listen, young people get... Young people, Christ. All right, <laughs> yeah, we're old, fine. People younger than us, they get slagged off and all sorts of stuff. But to be fair, that's fucking sound, that. Yeah, who gives a shit whether someone's a man or a woman? I don't care. I like what I like. Yeah. Fucking deal with it. Sound. It is not our problem. Like, whatever, you, whatever you're into, whatever you do, sound, as long as you don't hurt nobody, good on you. Exactly that. So fair play. We very much support that message. Uh, sorry, Kevin, I interrupted you again. Please continue going through the album. So we will. We start the album 
with the, funnily enough, similar to Janelle Monáe, the title track of the album, Because I Love You. Yeah, another connection, actually. Yeah, good one. Written alongside the band Ex Ambassadors, who do uh, production uh, work throughout this album. My notes uh, describe it as it's a very traditional style, big soul song, but with a, a really modern uh, twist on the production. It discusses Lizzo entering a relationship with someone special and departing from her previous approach to uh, relationships. It's fucking huge. I mean, like, just as an opener, it's massive and, like, shows right out the gate her great vocal range. Oh, God. Fucking yeah. brilliant. What a start. It's an assault on the... We talked about this when we went to Public Enemy of the Week. It is an assault on the ears. It is a wall of sound. It is an oral missile. It is fucking glorious. What a voice she has. Yeah. Jeez, we're going to come back to this. So what does this song pack into it? It's got soul. It's got jazz. It's got orchestral music. It's got funk. It's got hip hop. It's got rock and there. It's Everything, as we said about Janelle Monet last week, it combines all these things, and they don't juxtapose, they don't jar with each other, they blend together to create a fucking tour de force of an opening to an album, which goes, "Here I am, this is me laying my soul bare on record." Fucking hell, boom! It's just an absolute statement. Yes, it is. This is me. This is who I am. Fucking strapping, and. Do you, do you remember that? Um, like, I can't remember. It was an advert for some kind of stereo or something like that, where the the fellas sat in a chair and the music's blasting at him, and like the chair sort of is pushed back by the sound. Are you thinking of the opening scene of Back to the Future? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Do you know what that that works as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because. Just the wall of sound that hits you, like particularly when you hit the chorus and it just punch it's a fucking gut punch to you, but it's just oh, amazing. It is amazing. Uh, this is going to sound really strange as a comparison, uh, but it's because of the, and I'm going to come back to this a couple of times in terms of chord progressions and, and songs that I'm reminded of. It is come together by spiritualized the chord progression. I can, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from with that. And, and again, particularly with that sort of uh, hugeness of the sound as yeah. well. The yeah, it's it's very similar to that. One uh, fact or couple of facts on the song. So this was a single. It was released originally on Valentine's Day, twenty nineteen. Re-released in January twenty twenty. It reached number 16 on the US R&B chart. It has been certified gold in the US and in Norway. So the Norwegians like it themselves <laughs> a bit of Lizzo. <laughs> well, there you go. Morton Harkett and Lizzo. <laughs> and uh, th- uh, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I nicked, I nicked you. Like, you couldn't really go anywhere from Morton Harkett, could you? Oh, there's, a, there's a link there to, to last week because uh, Valkyrie uh, was played by Tessa Thompson, who featured in the film <laughs> supporting. There you go. Hell, that's, that's tenuous. <laughs> it is tenuous, but I've said it now. Carry on, go on. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that'll be for like a, the 900th clash if we get that far. Well, they once had a pint. 
I thought you were going somewhere different there. I thought you were going to say this was going to be take on a on a bloopers reel for our like a hundredth show or something. <laughs> These are things that we cut out of the shows. Just going to say, never doing it. Cannot be asked with editing everything together like that. Not happening. Sorry. No, no chance. <laughs> well, also, also, it would be longer than the actual records. <laughs> you have no idea how much we have to cut out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Move on. Come on. Okay, so from that, we move on to Like a Girl, which is a immensely uh, female empowerment-themed song with a very modern production, large sound to it. And what, what, I'll, what I'll say about it is I'm generally not a huge fan of this style of production. However, in this song, I, thought, I really like it. I really like this song. Like, yeah. it works really well. I, I love that... Um, the just immense positivity of it and reclaiming that like a girl message, just absolutely putting a fucking spin on it and reclaiming it for, as something that's a, that's a huge positive as opposed to how it's usually negatively portrayed. Absolutely. And, and, and again, thank you to Apple Music for hosting the launch party for this album because it's told me exactly ah. what all the songs are about. <laughs> so exactly what you've just said. We wanted to take the old cliche and flip it on its head, shaking out all the negative connotations and replacing them with something empowering. So it's got shout out to some of her role models, some very powerful female role models. So she says, Chaka Khan through the fire, like the kerosene. Lauren Hill told me everything is everything. Serena Willie told me I could win the Wimbledon. Well, so I mean, very clear who the three role models she's talking about there are. <laughs> Yeah, as you said, it is a an anthem of female empowerment, and it's great. It also includes a message around trans rights, about trans women being women, despite what some billionaire children's authors, stroke plagiarists may think. <laughs> Not mentioning any names, sorry. Uh, so what she says is, I realised there was an important piece missing. What if you identify as female but aren't gender assigned at birth? What if you're male but in touch with your feminine side? What about my gay boys? What about my drag queens? So I decided to say, if you feel like a girl, then you're real like a girl. And that's my favorite lyric on the whole album. And it's something that's, so it's in the, the mid eight before it comes back in towards the end. You, you could say it's quite throwaway. It's not overstated, but it's an important line in there. And yeah, fair play to her. Well, and I mean, messages like that in songs are, are really important. So sorry, and sorry to the listeners. Yet again, I'm going to talk about Bowie. Loads of people make reference to um, to the song at the, at the end of Hunky Dory, where he says, you're not alone. Give me your arms. You're not alone. And like how important that, how important that was for them. So, you know, you know like thing, things like, things like that are important to people hearing those messages that support are supportive of yeah. of you and uh, and how you're feeling at that time particularly if you're younger as well and from someone who is so inherently positive like that as as Lizzo that that, that means that means a lot absolutely so the, the the last thing i want to say about this so i've written here to it's a fierce coming out party and, and i want to reflect back so you, in last week's show you talked about the spice girls in your in, in can't get you out of my head. Yes. This is what girl power should be about. And okay, you could talk about it being a progression and I'm not denigrating anything the Spice Girls were doing. 
This is girl power. I'm here and get fucking ready because I ain't going away. Great stuff. So I would just like to instantly correct my... uh... Uh, so it's not from Hunky Dory, it's from it's Rock and Roll Suicide from uh, Ziggy Stardust. Um, yeah, as you say, the it, this is this is proper girl power. Yeah. This is this is actually proper female empowerment. And we said this about Janelle Monet. I'm going to say it again now. Fucking hell, she's a great MC. So on the first track, she's shown us Jesus Christ. She can go toe to toe with Aretha in terms of the way she can sing. And here, fucking hell, she can rap. Incredible. Yeah, great stuff. It's it, so so two songs in. We've we've jumped we've jumped styles and not skipped a beat at all. Uh, and something that I mentioned it last week when I mentioned Ten CC about musical diversity on an album. This is such a musically diverse album, but it, it never feels jarring. It never feels out of place. It flows brilliantly. Sorry, no, it's not. It's not forced at all. Um, so we. And that's a nice way to sort of lead us into the next song because um, we move into Juice, um, which is which has a what you could a retro style funk funk style t- to it. Um, banger! Oh, it's an absolute fucking banger. So Christian Hord in uh, Rolling Stone described it as a near perfect retro funk nugget. That would have would have felt just right on a mirror ball dance floor in 1982. Oh yeah. Oh, and I mean some of the some of the lines in it, like I think I think you just got lost in my DMs. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, so so yeah, the, the line is like, I think you better go get your man. He just got lost in my DMs. I mean, like, what a what a line. And just so there's another one. I want to call out another one. And it, I talked about body positivity earlier. It's so when she says, uh, no, I'm not a snack at all. Look, baby, I'm the whole damn meal. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, the whole song, the song is fucking great. It I absolutely adore this song. It's brilliant. It is as well, it's a it's, stone cold banger, as I said. Hello, Prince. Hello, Nile Rogers. Even hello, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars, in terms of the way that the, some of the the um, the patter. What a tune! It's funny, it's funky, it's hooky. So I know you said before about um, well, on sorry, on the previous clash about "Make Me Feel" being one of the best songs of the of the twenty first century. This is a this I I would argue can can certainly battle it because it to me it is. It is a perfect pop song. For me, it's perfect. I love this song, and I understand where you're coming from. It's a very strong call. That's all I'm going to say. So Lizzo said about this song that it is about looking in the mirror and loving what you see and letting everyone know. And, well, we've just called out some of the lyrics about that. It was released as a single, as well, the lead single from the album, January 4th, 2019. It was massive commercially. Uh, so it got to number 27 on the US R&B chart, number 38 in the UK singles chart. It got to number 82 overall on the US top 100 chart. Certified gold in the UK, France and Italy. Certified platinum in Brazil and Canada. Certified double platinum in the USA. Sales of the single, over 2.6 million copies worldwide. And again, I'm going to come back to what I said last week when we were talking through Dirty Computer. When the singles are selling this much, 
And the album sales are not paltry. That's not fair. But orders of magnitude lower than that, to, to me, there's a problem. There's an imbalance that needs to be addressed. Well, it, maybe that we've, the developments in the music industry have actually let, led us to go backwards. So albums were never really a thing until maybe, you know, Sergeant Pepper, that kind of thing. It was single sales. Yeah. And so maybe the music industry has has gone back to what it was in the 50s and early 60s, that the single is everything. Maybe you're right. And for the sake of this show, I'm going to say that is a bad thing. <laughs> I don't want to do single clash, although the audience might prefer it because it'd be a lot shorter. <laughs> I don't think we could talk about even we'd, we'd still we'd still manage to get an hour out of like like a remix. Exactly. We just go through the B sides for ages. Yeah, so I will I will move on so we can actually um because this clash is going to be longer than the album and we will talk about that. Well we we did that last week. The last come on, last week's clash was longer than so one thing that should be said, both of these albums. They do not hang around. They come in, they give you the message they need to give you, it, and it's gone. It, what are they both? 45, 50 minute song? So, this album, I mean, I was going to talk about it when we got to the end. It's 33 minutes long. Wow. It's just over half an hour and it fucking flies. But yeah. we will come to that. Right, go on. So, Soulmate, I've written this, this lyric down because I fucking love it. I know I'm a queen, but I don't need no crown. Fuck yeah, Lizzo. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. There's another one I like. Well, so in fact, this is a song about learning to love oneself. And I've made a couple of jokes about it. There is a very clear shout to onanism within the lyrics to this track. Sugar Walls. <laughs> well, yeah. Let me read the lyric. And she never tell me to exercise. We always get the extra fries. And you know the sex is fire. That's fucking... And again, it's you can't read too much into it if you're not looking for it. If, do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. So, again, Lizzo says uh, about this song, I've got a relationship with loneliness and it's not very healthy, so I've been going to therapy to work on it. One day I was like, I need a song to remind me that I'm not lonely and to describe the type of person I want to be. Great stuff. Well, what we've what we've also got to say about the the songs we've thus we've heard thus far is lyric they're really lyrically clever and really well put together. Yes, they are uh, throughout the album. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Two things I want to say. One is just it's not a criticism. Again, it's a reflection of my age and my tastes. You can hear the auto tune on this. I, I know it's deliberate. I know it's. It's de rigueur. I just don't get it. She's a fantastic singer. So I had less of a problem with it here than I did on Janelle Monáe's. But you can hear it, and I don't understand why, because you've you've heard on Because I Love You how good a singer she is. It's clearly a production choice. I don't get it. That's all I'm saying. I don't get it. It's a modern production tech, I would say. It is. And as I said, it reflects my age and my taste. I, it just annoys me. That's all I'm saying. Um. <laughs> the other one and I don't mean this as a criticism because I'm going to call out another song that I really like but it's going to come from very much from left field 
the theme is so similar and so resonant of uh, Me Party from the Muppet movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great tune. Yeah, that, but that's a really good song. It is a really good song. I'm not criticising the song for that, but I can't stop thinking about Me Party when I hear this song. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, for, for the listener's benefit... I am literally wearing an animal T-shirt for this for the for this record. So, my last word on this: with four songs in, we've had four completely different sounds. This song may not be my favorite on the album, but it's got more than enough to keep me engaged, to keep me wanting more, to keep me interested great stuff yeah four songs in lovely time and as 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 we've already pointed out it's not hanging around it's fucking absolutely galloping yeah okay so on that basis we will gallop through to the next song which is jerome and i've got a brilliant quote from lizzo on this so it's dedicated to an ex and she says there aren't enough songs about that there are so many songs about uh fairy tale love and unrequited love but there aren't a lot of songs about fuckboy love. <laughs> because there's not. <laughs> there's not enough songs about fuckboy love. I mean, there are a lot of songs about unrequited love. Uh, looking at you, Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. So I love how it's just, again, speaking to this album, and it's a modern twist on a traditional soul song. I really like it. I just love everything about it. it it's it's a modern Modern Aretha, really? Yes. I think that comes across more on a later track. Yeah, without question. But yes, I agree. It's another different sound. I think its position on the album is really good. It's a bit of a come down and not not in a bad way. It's a bit of a pace change, a bit of a not palate cleanser. It's a more melancholic song than we've heard previously. On the face of it, it sounds like a love song. But it, again, if you get into the lyrics and what it's telling you. It's actually a defiant take and in your face. This is my story. I'm the narrator of it. I'm going to dictate the message that I'm going to give to you. Love it. Really good. One slightly distracting part of it, and I I really like this song, so it's not a negative point, just something that was in my mind at least. Did you uh, note the similarity in the chord structure of this song to another song. Uh, I can't say I did. It's Creep by Radiohead. Okay. And now I've told you it, you'll never not hear it. It is Creep. Even given that, I love this song. It's really good. Yeah, it, it is It is so well done. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of we've covered Jerome. So then we move on to Cry Baby, which I would say it's it feels quite uh, quite funk, quite Prince inspired oh, song. Yeah. I mean, it's got a filthy bed to the to the song. I mean, that, that is. I mean, you you need a wash after if you if you delve into that bed. It's filth, grubby, and I love it for its grubbiness. Yeah, funky. Yeah, George Clinton is all over this trap. Oh God, yeah, and there's never a bad time to bring George Clinton into your work. Prince as well with the guitar part. So there's there's a, a number of lyrics which seem to be like a callback to Cause I Love You, actually, which says, oh, you know why I'm crying, why I'm crying, baby, for example. It's a sexy, sexy song, this. It, it, despite it being about a breakup, it's just 
filthy, grubby, slutty, sleazy. All those words we use to describe Iggy, the same is true here. I, I, I didn't say this about Jerome, but it's true of this track and it's true about Jerome. The lyrics are completely juxtaposed with the musical style. And again, I talked about this a lot last week when we were going through Dirty Computer. That shows me how talented, how visionary Lizzo and the production team, mm-hmm. in fairness, are to create that sound that is so accessible, but have the messages within that are so important. It's yeah, phenomenal work, phenomenal artistry. Yeah, it is. And yeah, to to juxtapose those sounds with the with the content is is really clever and and works so well. Okay, so I think we shall move on to Tempo, uh, featuring Missy Elliott, and you can clearly see within this song and then on other elements of the album as well the Missy Missy Elliott's influence on Lizzo. Oh, and yeah. the, you know, and we really need to sort of like. Missy Elliott is such an important artist. I really like Missy Elliott. She's she's great. I have a clash lined up at some point in the future, which will involve Missy Elliott. I um I think she's brilliant. She she she's she's fantastic. And again, with this this whole album is about sort of positivity, female empowerment, and Missy Elliott was doing that well before well before this, like yeah. twenty years ago. You know. And yeah, and like so, you can see the influence of her on Lizzo's rapping and her approach. Uh, the song itself samples uh, a song called Nescafe by Raymond <laughs> Scott, which I didn't expect, to, which is apparently an electronic recording slash composition. Can I just say, so there was a whole album Raymond Scott released, experimental electronic stuff back in the 60s. Fucking phenomenal. If you're into early electronica, as I am, and again, something we are going to go through in future clashes. Yeah, Raymond Scott, real visionary, Nescafe, great tune. And yes, the main riff on this tune is very much from that. Brilliant. Sorry, carry on. So, so the song itself is is described as an ode to curvaceous women with, sel- with self-assurance and has, has feel-good lyrics. Now, what I, what I will certainly say about this song is that when I, because it it certainly um, brings in elements of trap music, which is a style that I wasn't particularly hugely aware of. I didn't particularly like it when I first heard it. I'm not going to lie. However, the more I've heard this song, the more it's it's a proper earworm. It's a proper delves into your skin and really gets underneath you. Also, it has Lizzo playing flute, and she can fucking play flute. Oh, she can. Like how like how many modern songs do you have with a bit of flute on it? <laughs> Fair play. As I say, I I didn't particularly like it when I first heard it, and it has grown on me so much the more I've heard it. I've always loved this. I love Missy Elliott. This is a Missy Elliott tune on a on a Lizzo album, and that's not a criticism of the track. Mm-hmm. It's fucking brilliant. This I love it. Even that weird sample of Nescafe, as you mentioned earlier, it's so. Missy Elliott. It is. Yeah. You don't even need to tell me that Missy Elliott's on this track because it sounds Missy Elliott. But even with that, it sounds so individual. Just the lyrics, the main lyric is fucking brilliant. Slow songs are for skinny hoes. I can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch. I need tempo. 
fuck it up to the tempo. I mean, that's the that's the opening <laughs> lyric. It's the refrain. It tells you everything you need to know about this song, this album, and the message it's got to convey. I've always liked it. It was also released as a single uh, on July the 26th, 2019. It reached number 48 in the US R&B chart and number five on the rap chart. Again, certified gold within Canada and platinum in the United States. So another, another massive seller. You mentioned the influence that Missy Elliott has had on Lizzo's career. And Lizzo called that out. She said, you know, when the song was first going down, it was more like, finally, I can talk myself about being a big girl. But when Missy jumped on it, it really did make it a full circle moment of being seen by her existing when I was younger. Hopefully, I can really do the same for young girls today. Only one thing I want to say more about this track. I'm sorry, I've talked talk too much on these shows. I'll let it out. Don't <laughs> There's a guitar riff right at the start, which is pure when doves cry. Fucking love it. <laughs> yes, 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 and yes. So I am going to move us forward onto the next song because mentioning When Doves Cry is helpful for talking about exactly how I feel featuring Gucci Mane because it very much has a Prince style and an influence within this song. The the funky end to this song, I could do with some more of that. I could do with another good minute, minute and a half of it. Like, please give me more of that because that's fucking great. Yeah, I've written something very similar and... So to me, you, you're right. When it breaks down into that funky, it's like so. You've you said Prince for me, Bootsy Collins. That bass line is so Bootsy Collins. Yeah. This song struggles to get going because it breaks, it breaks, it breaks, it breaks, it breaks. I like it. It could be a lot more than it is. It leaves me wanting so much more of that funk. This could be the best track on the album. It's not. No, I can, I can, I can see why you come to that conclusion because I could do with just a little more of the of the end. But it's, it, I, I really like it. I just, I could do with that a little bit more. But we're talking about a very short album, so it's not. And we have criticised artists for very long albums before, so we have, we have. I like it. I don't love it. Okay, I will move us on to our next song then, which is Better in Colour. Ooh, now this one I do love. Oh, this is this is a lovely piece of work. And so we talk, you talked earlier about her support for the LGBTQ uh, community. And this is, so it's described as a celebration of love in all its forms. A declaration, essentially, yeah. of the freedom for people to love who, who they want and who they want to be with. And it's just such a beautiful message within this song. Again, it's it's just the unrelenting positivity of of this album. It, it, absolutely. So there's a, there's a quote I want to read. So Lizzo said, "This is the nerdiest song I've ever written for real, but I love it so much. I wanted to talk about love, attraction, and sex. Talking about the boxes we put those things in. You know, it shouldn't be about gender or sexual orientation or skin color or economic background because who the fuck cares." a great message yes and and that's that's writ hard and large and prominent within the lyrics so she says black white ebony all sound good to me jf kennedy's kiss hood celebrities don't matter to me because i like everything 
So can I um, actually finish that quote? Because I wrote down the same the same quote. Please do. Sorry. So no, no matter the gender, sexual orientation, skin color, or economic backgrounds, because who cares about that shit? Splice up life. Love is better in colors. Brilliant. Yeah. Fucking yes, Lizzo. You are boss. She is boss. She is boss. She's great. Uh, so after a song which I liked but I didn't love, we're back. Gospel, blues, soul. It's a sonic assault again. I said it earlier. I'll say it again now. It's another musical change of pace. I'd love it to be a bit longer, but it's a short album, as we've said. So fair enough. Great. Love it. It's really good. And the, the message is so positive. Lizzo is Lizzo's great. And she is, she is sound. She is good people. She is good people. Okay. So we then go on to Heaven Help Me, which Lizzo herself, when talking about the album, said it was inspired by Aretha. And yeah, you can tell. It starts as uh, essentially her telling off a potential suitor, but then transforms into this longing yearn for the same person. It's soulful. It's funky. It's great. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. So you said it's a tribute to Aretha Franklin. She said, when I made the album, I thought if Aretha made a rap album, what would it sound like? Heaven Help Me is the most Aretha to me. That piano, she would have smashed that. The song is about a person who's confident and does a good job of self-care, but who has a moment of being pissed the fuck off and goes back to their defensive ways. It's a journey through the full scope of my romantic emotions. If anyone wants to date me, they just got to listen this to this song to know what they're getting into. Again, her vocal talents in terms of her singing ability, her rapping ability are on full show here. This song, the piano part that she mentioned in terms of uh, how it, it was inspired by Aretha, two songs it reminds me of. First is Dear Prudence from the White Album by the Beatles. The second, and you might laugh at this, it's Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp. Okay. A fucking brilliant tune, by the way. Uh, I love this song. It, well, it ends with a flute solo. I mean, how many songs How many songs end with a flute solo? So we mentioned earlier, she's a classical flautist, and that flute solo at the end is beautiful. Within that same chord progression yeah. we talked about. It's a tour de force. But it's great. It's just great. Within the space, what's this song? Three minutes, three and a half minutes long? Yeah. How many styles does this seamlessly blend together within that short space of time? This is a glorious demonstration of musical prowess. It's yeah. brilliant. I mean, we've talked about various songs on this album as being statements, but just a statement of her sheer ability. That, that's what this song is, because you cover so many styles, you cover so many different abilities and techniques in it. It's, wow. Fucking, fucking great. Phenomenal, as you said. I have nothing more to say. No. Um, so we then finish, we finish the album on 33 old minutes with lingerie and Oof. a sexy old end to this album. Oof, is it uh, hot in here? It's getting hot in here. I might have to take off all my clothes. <laughs> Don't cite Nelly. That's just, no, 
Well, because no, I'm not going to cut it because, like, I might use that for me. Um, can't get you out of my head next week. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> oh, wow. This song is so sexy. It makes Barry White look like a fucking fridge. <laughs> Sorry, it is. I mean, it's lovely. It's soulful. It's a slow jam to end the album. It feels so, again, so prince in its in its kind of style it's yeah lovely lovely stuff it's so i'm gonna read another quote from her from the album launch i've never really written sexy songs before so this was new to me the lyrics literally made me blush it's about one of my fantasies you don't expect the album to end on this note it leaves you wanting more it absolutely does so she talks about blushing Lyrically, I mean, the, the lyric, you make me crescendo, I'm going up. Even I'm blushing at that point. Wow. I mean, someone's having a lovely old time to this to this song. <laughs> yeah, it's just brilliant. So I said it makes Barry White sound like a French. I also said it makes Barry White sound like Cliff Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant, it's such a great way to end this album. One more thing I want to say. Call back to previous clash. So this song has three key changes in it. And it's what, as I said, three and a half minutes long. So take note, Noel Gallagher. You do not need to record a nine and a half minute song to have three key changes in it. You can literally strip two thirds off that song and still have three key changes in it. So just ruminate on that, Noel. So also for, for Noel's benefit and Eric's, think about how much has been achieved in 33 minutes here. Absolutely. There is only one more comment that I would like to make about this song, and that is that this song should come with its own OnlyFans page. <laughs> I mean, I was I was going to say, basically, um, this song should come with a nodder. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Explain to people that aren't from the northwest of England what another is. So for the, for those who are not from the northwest of England, a prophylactic. Uh, yes, it it is a, a colloquialism for the condom. Yep, glorious, glorious, glorious. Okay, and we are we have the album is done. The album is done. I'd like to briefly touch on the three extra tracks that are on the deluxe version. And I'm not going to go through each of them by name. There's three extra tracks, as I said. Uh, one of which, uh, Truth Hurts, was a number one single. A tree, I mean, Truth Hurts and Boys are fucking great songs. Well, they're all and they're all good songs. They, they don't fit on the album, and I'm glad they weren't on the... I think Boys would fit on the album, but it doesn't necessarily fit where it is on the deluxe version, if that makes sense. That's Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. They're, they're good songs. They, for me, aren't as good possibly as any of the 10 tracks that we've been through on the main album. We generally stick to the original release, and I'm glad we've done so on this occasion. So in terms of the reception of the album, it's done all right. We, We can say that. Oh, yeah. So in terms of accolades, it made pretty much most album of the year lists in 2019. The highest it reached was fourth in Billboard's best album list. It also won Best Urban Contemporary Album at the 2020 Grammys 
and Album of the Year at the 2019 Soul Train Music Awards. Soul Mass Transit System Music Awards. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I'd, I'd like to raise a question there. And this is in no way to denigrate this album at all. And it is, in fact, to denigrate the Grammy or Hoods, if anything. Why does the Grammy need a specific category for best urban contemporary album? Just give the best album to something that is urban and contemporary because it deserves it. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. I know what you mean. It's it's the it's the whole kind of having to hive thing off into certain genres in yeah. order to placate yeah. uh, certain parts of the market. But as we as we've seen in The Simpsons, how well considered a Grammy is. So, in terms of the uh, critical response to it, um, I've got a couple of quotes. So, uh, Jamie Akinfenwe in Clash says, uh, "By offering up a mix of pop, hip hop, R and B, and a sprinkling of trap and neo soul for good measure, uh, Lizzo cuts all bases and serves the perfect intro to her world for mainstream audiences." Uh, Slant Magazine's Zachary Hoskins said, Lizzo's talent has always been evident, but this, this album's material, her strongest to date, allows her to put it on full display. By the languorous, seductive neo-soul of the closing track, Lingerie, her enthusiasm is as contagious as it is well-earned, which is a love, I, I love the word languorous. Rowinga Kamir uh, in Pitchfork was less complimentary, said, uh, despite her obvious skill and charisma, some of the album's 11 songs are burdened with overwrought production, awkward turns of phrase, and ham-handed rapping. Oh, Do not agree. Do yeah. not agree. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. All right, shall we? Um, do you want me to go to the main event? So, yeah, I think it's about time to hear what Nobby McGee's got to say about it. Okay, so um, <laughs> perhaps not as ridiculous as some of his recent efforts, but it's worthy of reading. So... Robert Criscow says she's so talented, it's hard to believe it took her until 31 to get the job done. Until you consider how many doubts and fears she must have faced down first. Part of the way she enacts her pride is to pretend it comes effortlessly. Uh, are you sure you listened to the same album as we did, fella? As is her right, but you can be sure she has some confessionals in store. So, again, it's perhaps a bit better than last week, but it's, it's still condescending as fuck. It's really wanky. It's fuck off. A man that is not cursed, clearly, with crises of confidence. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I, 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 we started this as a joke. The more I go on, the more I dislike this guy. <laughs> Sorry. I just well, yeah, because because like he he thinks he is the doyen of um, music criticism, and therefore he has to make a a definitive definition of that artist or that album, and it's like fuck off, <laughs> frankly. Do you know what is so? I, okay, I only read snippets and quotes, not the whole things. Fair enough. I've not once yet heard him talk about what he thinks of the actual music on an album. It's always a commentary on what they've yeah. got to say. Fuck you. I, oh, sorry, people. I just this, As I said, it started as a joke, but I'm getting annoyed by him now. <laughs> but we're still keeping him in. Oh, I definitely. 100%. <laughs> he, he's a core feature now. I mean, there's loads more quotes I could read from loads more reviews. It's a great album. Yeah, I think... Before we get into best song, worst song, do you have the sales figures? 
I do have the sales figures. Sorry, I thought you'd nicked my uh, legacy section, but uh, you know, I, I let it slide until you realised you <laughs> hadn't researched it properly. I do have the sales. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck. No, fuck you. <laughs> no, seriously, we we're taking what 13, 14 episodes before you've realised. Oh, this is an interesting section. I'll research it now. For the last fucking 12, 13 episodes, you saw oh, Tim can research this. Fuck him. No, it's not. It's not an interesting section. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and if there's ever a bigger fuck you to our listeners. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it entered the US Billboard chart at number six, peaking at number four. In the UK, it reached number 30 on the album chart. Uh, in terms of the UK R&B chart, it reached number two. It was certified gold in Brazil, Norway, and the UK. Platinum in Canada and the US. To date, sales have been over 1.2 million copies. There was su- surprisingly scant sales figures for Dirty Computer last week. This one's clearly been extremely successful, which is good because it deserves it. Yeah. So before we make our adjudications on The Clash, what's your best song, worst song? Okay. I will go worst song first. Worst song is is harsh way to say it. I have to say there's not a song on this album I dislike, but I have to pick one that is my least favourite, and that is exactly how I feel. Whilst I like it, as we talked about when the funky bass line kicks in, you're thinking, come on, let's let's have this now. And it ends. It, it could be more than it is. That's the only factor there. I like it, but I could love it. Best song, as we said last week, tough choice this. I'd give a great shout out to Tempo and to, because I love you, to the opening track as well. Uh, heaven help me. It's phenomenal better in colors another one i should have given a shout out to sorry it's, it's a great song heaven help me the variety within it the power that comes across lyrically and musically within such a short three three and a half minute it's brilliant it's best song for me how about you okay um so on worst song we have a concord Initially, when I first listened to the album, I probably would have said tempo, but it has absolutely grown on me so much that it's really wormed its way into my affections. And exactly for the same reason, I would say exactly how I feel is my least favourite song on the album because I want more. It's a really good song. I just, I need more from it. Just give me some more funk. My best song is It's Juice. It's utterly utterly brilliant it it's just so good it's it's funky it's fun it's it's amazing uh, as you said last week about about the janelle monet song I, I i would say the juice is is it's it's equal really is the equal of um make me feel i think it is as good okay but well, fair enough it's a great song i i didn't i didn't call juice out when I talked about best songs, but yeah, it's a brilliant track. It is a banger. Um, fair play. Okay. Uh, is there, are there any other points of order before we go into scoring? No, I think we are. We are fully on the score, on the score train. Okay. Um, 
I can't remember how we do this. Who goes first on which album? <laughs> so we'll 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 score Dirty Computer first. Who goes first? So I think the way it works is the because it's my pick that I go second on both. Okay, so yeah. I'll go. I'll go. All right, fair enough. No, I'm, I, I want you to go first and go Dirty Computer. Okay, I'll go first on Dirty Computer. I think it's a. I think it's a great album. There's so much that's that's good about it. The clear Prince influence, the um, overt politicism of it, um, particularly the the last song as well, which which was my favourite. What I would say between the two between the two songs between the two songs between the two albums, it has um, two songs. It has it has a much greater dip. I got the juice, and I like that. Are the 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 weakest part of of the album, and we both identified that. So for me, I think I'm going to come down with a seven for this album. Wow, okay. wow. I, I think this album is a work of genius. I do, I do. I think to create something that blends together so many different musical styles, something that is in equal measure so personal and at the same time such an evisceration of American society whilst throughout making such an uplifting and fun album to listen to, something which is so accessible to people who just want to dance. It's a work of genius. It's an incredible achievement. I agree with what you said about Two tracks, letting it letting it down is harsh, being weaker than the others. I really thought long and hard about giving this album a 10 out of 10. I did. This is a work of genius. But I think those two tracks let it down. And so for me, it's nearly perfect, but it isn't perfect. Nine out of 10. I adore Dirty Computer. Nine out of 10. It's that good, and it could have been a 10. So we then move on to your adjudication on Because I Love You. All right. I'm going to say many similar things. Sorry, guys. (laughs) What an album this is. What an album this is. It blends so many musical styles seamlessly together. It's got such diversity, yet it's so cohesive. Again, it's a, you, as I said just seconds ago about Janelle Monet. this is an incredibly talented artist. I am glad we didn't do the, the deluxe version because I think the three tracks, the three additional tracks from that, I like them all, but they don't fit on the album. Um, Boys perhaps fits earlier on. Anyway, um, it's brilliant. There's not a single song I dislike, but... Is there anything that I personally regard as highly as tracks like Americans or make me feel? No, there's not. Ooh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. That's me. How about you? So for me, this is an album where my worst song is that it's it doesn't do enough of the thing that it's doing. That's my criticism, is that I want a bit more of what it's done. It's it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal album. And I think we've talked about the length of it, but 
to cover though that amount of those amounts of styles that approach the messaging within the songs within 33 minutes is just a phenomenal phenomenal piece of work i absolutely adore pretty much the entire album the first time i listened to it fully through i was beaming i had a grin as big as the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland on my face. <laughs> it is a fucking brilliant piece of work. Lizzo should be so... I mean, Janelle Monáe's album's great. Lizzo should be so proud of this. The, if if she never releases another piece of work in her entire career, then she should be happy because she has reached utter perfection. Nine out of ten. So that means Lizzo's won? Yeah. If my maths are correct, uh, Lizzo gets 17, Janelle Monáe gets 16. I, th- I think that's about right. Well, I'm disappointed by that. I'm going to challenge it. I'm not going to expect you to change your score. When we were going through Dirty Computer, the only track that you were slightly down on was I Got the Juice. Even I like that. You, you, you said you liked it. I didn't. You said you did. I think seven is very harsh. I, I I don't understand how you've gone that low. It, it may be a little harsh in the in the marking for the for the dip, but I definitely felt a dip at that point. There is a dip. Whereas I I never felt a ne- like throughout throughout Lizzo's album, I did not feel a dip. The only reason that I've not given it a ten is because because I have a slight criticism on one song, so I couldn't say it's an absolutely perfect album with nothing with nothing wrong with it. That is me being very picky and not wanting to give out a 10 willy-nilly. Well, 10's got to be perfect. Yeah. I very nearly gave, as I said, I, I nearly gave Dirty Computer a 10, but I can't. I could have given it nine and a half, but it, it still wouldn't have won, so it doesn't matter. I'm surprised. I'm disappointed. Well, what we can say is they're both two brilliant albums. Phenomenal albums. Another great choice by you. Once again... I have to thank you for introducing me to an album I hadn't listened to before. Since you said it, I bought it on vinyl, so you are costing me lots of money. Please come up with some <laughs> shit clashes. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, surprisingly, I've got to say, I didn't think it was going to end this way, but it has. Uh, Lizzo has won this album, Clash. I really like Lizzo. I think it's a great album. But I'm surprised by the outcome. There you go. Lizzo wins this week. And rightly so. Still, uh, no one is touching either Johnny Cash or Rita Franklin. They remain at the top of our chart. (laughs) Nothing comes close to me here now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's it. Yeah, thank you very much. So... Do you want to learn what we're going to be doing for our next Clash, Kev? I would like to know where we're going next. Okay. So it seems that every episode we do, or at least every Clash we do, there's at least one artist or one album we say, oh, we'll do that on this show at one point. We'll do that on this show at one point. And we're yet to do that. And I figured, no, 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 it's time to actually bring that in. And this is an album or an artist, at least, we've called out a couple of times on previous clashes but i'm gonna do the i'm gonna announce the clash in reverse so we usually announce the earliest album okay. first uh, so i'm gonna announce this one in re- to, to to create a sense of suspense and tension all right so in two weeks time 
we will be reviewing from the year 2000 the Mercury Prize winning album by PJ Harvey. Oh, yes. Stories from the City, Stories from the oh, Sea. Lovely, lovely. Absolutely. Any idea what we're going to pair that against? Mm. Are you going Nick Cave? We are going Nick Cave. I knew you would. So PJ Harvey is going up against from 1996. It is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Murder Ballads. Fucking love that album. For an audio format, people can't see what Kev is doing. He's literally got his arms in the air. <laughs> He's fisting the air in joy. <laughs> I mean, I love PJ Harvey. I love Nick Cave. This is a perfect clash for me. So there's a few things that connect him. I'll go through them all next week. The obvious one is PJ Harvey appears on Murder Ballads on two tracks. There's a few other things that connect him. We'll talk well, about that next week. They they did have a relationship, so... Spoiler alert, I'm going to edit that <laughs> out. We're going to go through that next week for fuck's sake. You've got to leave them wanting, Kevin. I'm going to... Oh, for fuck's sake. Yes, they did. That's right. They were sexually involved. <laughs> sexually involved? <laughs> yeah. They had, they had an enfranglement. Uh, yeah, that's our clash. You've got to listen to PJ Harvey's Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, and... Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Murder Ballads. Great stuff. All right, so, uh, as always, Kev, uh, it's your turn to talk about current events, which by the time this episode goes out would no longer be current. How can people keep in touch with the show? So if you want to um, receive uh, tips on where to invest your your money into uh, pseudo pyramid schemes, i.e. cryptocurrency, <laughs> follow Elon Musk on Twitter. <laughs> or you can follow us at Clash Album. Um, if you like quality content, that uh, which is largely not made by us, uh, follow us on Instagram. Can we just say I done an Instagram this for well? I say this week. It was about two months ago. By the time we said I'd done an Instagram, it was shit. So the worst one we've done that was me. <laughs> so if you are a fan of quality content, follow our Instagram at Clash Album. Or if you uh, wish to uh, be resolutely old school, uh, send us an, an email at albumclash at gmail.com. Boom, there you go. Yeah, uh, as always, please subscribe to the show, leave a review, give us a rating, just give us five stars. That's all we're interested in. Yeah, we, do, we don't want to be the one-star um, server and, and Mackies anymore. No. Please give us the five stars so we can move on to we can move on to making the burgers. Exactly. I mean, we've got to be better than some of the, you know, like, like people that are releasing podcasts nowadays for fuck, come on! Like, don't don't be subscribing to Fern Cotton and giving her five stars. Don't do, don't be, don't Fern don't be Cotton's those. Got people. a podcast? Fuck's sake! Honestly, no offense to Fern Cotton. No, no, all offense I to Fern Cotton. Can't stand. <laughs> She's shite. <laughs> yeah, she is shite. Yeah, yeah. All right, all that stuff. Thanks for listening. Cheers. As ever, I've been Tim. I've been Kev. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.